No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see the many problems that occurred when the Israelites made a foolish vow and then tried to circumvent it. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl concludes the Book of Judges on Simply the Bible. Have you ever made a rash commitment only to wish later that you could take your words back? Of course you have. Who hasn't? Today we will see how the Israelites got themselves and many others in much trouble because of a foolish vow. This occurred because the tribe of Benjamin had allowed gang rape and murder of a Levite's concubine and refused to bring the perpetrators to justice. All Israel gathered in Mizpah to go to war against Benjamin. We continue in Judges 21. Now the men of Israel had sworn an oath at Mizpah, saying, None of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin as a wife. They made this vow when their wrath was kindled against Benjamin. And it's always dangerous to make vows when we are either angry or excited. After making the vow, they went to war and nearly wiped out the entire tribe, except for 600 Benjamites who had taken refuge at the Rock of Rimmon. Then the people came to the house of God and remained there before God till evening. They lifted up their voices and wept bitterly and said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel that today there should be one tribe missing in Israel? Now, why were the Israelites weeping bitterly before the Lord? It was because the tribe of Benjamin was nearly extinct from Israel. But were these tears of repentance for the sins that the nation had committed in forsaking God and his commandments? No, they were tears of remorse that Benjamin was nearly destroyed. They cried out to the Lord, Why has this come to pass? But they never really waited for God's answer. The problem was that they found themselves in a trap. If they broke their vow not to give their daughters to Benjamin, then they would bring sin on the nation and they wouldn't save face. They asked God why this was happening, but truly it was happening because of the foolish vow that they had made. Many times people want to blame God for their own stupid decisions. There are many stupid vows in Scripture. Earlier in the book of Judges, we saw that before Jephthah went to war, he made a vow that if God would give him victory, then when he returned from war, he would sacrifice as a burnt offering the first thing that came out of his house to greet him. God gave him the victory, but who should greet him when he returned home from battle but his only daughter? That was a stupid vow and completely unnecessary because God would have given him the victory regardless for it was by God's grace and not Jephthah's vow. So be very careful about making vows. Often a vow is nothing more than putting confidence in the flesh rather than relying upon the grace of God. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians saying that he would put no confidence in the flesh. We can so easily put confidence in our flesh and then 
be ensnared by our mouths. So it was on the next morning that the people rose early and built an altar there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. The children of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not come up with the assembly to the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning anyone who had not come up to the Lord at Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. Now, at this point, it would have been wise for the Israelites to acknowledge before the Lord that they had really made a stupid vow. Proverbs 6, 1 says, My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So if Scripture tells us to humble ourselves before our neighbor when we have made a foolish vow, then couldn't they also have humbled themselves before God? They could have said, God, we sin with our mouths, and now Benjamin won't have any wives and will cease to exist as a tribe. So, Lord, what shall we do? But they didn't want to admit their sin. So they would make one stupid decision after another to cover themselves rather than humbling themselves before God. When they first came to Mizpah, they had made another foolish vow. They said that anybody would be put to death who didn't show up when they took counsel to go to war. But was that God's will? The law allowed for people not to go to war for several reasons, including fear. What if someone in Israel never received the message to go to Mizpah? Now they decided that all those who didn't show up would be put to death. And the children of Israel grieved for Benjamin, their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel today. What shall we do for wives for those who remain? Seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them our daughters as wives. The Benjamites had brought all these problems upon the nation because they wouldn't judge the wickedness among them. Then they killed over 40,000 Israelites. And now 600 of them were hiding in Rimon. But there was no evidence that the Benjamites were repentant for their actions. What if God was waiting for the Benjamites to humble themselves and seek him before he gave them wives? But the Israelites wanted to solve the problem their way and in their time. They also wanted to save face. So they never inquired of God how to solve the problem. They just moved forward with their own plan that would ultimately cost many lives and bring much heartache. And we have no evidence that the Benjamites ever humbled themselves before God and acknowledged their sin. And the Israelites said, What one is there from the tribes of Israel who did not come up to Mizpah to the Lord? And in fact, no one had come to the camp from Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were counted, indeed not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. 
So the congregation sent out their 12,000 of their most valiant men and commanded them saying, go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has known a man intimately. So they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. So all the men of the city of Jabesh Gilead, along with their wives, had to pay the ultimate price, and their virgin daughters were now orphans. A city in Israel was completely wiped out because they didn't go to Mizpah when the call was given. But really, this was all because the Israelites had made a foolish vow. One bad decision led to another. Then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin who were at the rock of Rimon and announced peace to them. So Benjamin came back at that time and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead, and yet they had not found enough for them. And the people grieved for Benjamin because the Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. It's interesting to me how the Lord gets the blame for this. (laughs) Now, it was noble of the Israelites to seek to restore Benjamin. The Bible tells us not to bear a grudge against our neighbor and how much more a family member. You know, when I have a conflict with a brother or sister in Christ, I don't necessarily have warm, fuzzy feelings in my heart in the heat of the conflict. But when my heart begins to grieve over the separation or loss of relationship, then I know that my heart's in the right place because Jesus is the great reconciler and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is why Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The overtures that Israel made to Benjamin were effective and they came back home. Therefore, the Israelites gave them the 400 virgins from Jabesh Gilead, but there were still 200 Benjamites who didn't have wives. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who remain, since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. However, we cannot give them wives from our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem. Therefore, they instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie in wait in the vineyards and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh. Then go to the land of Benjamin. Then it shall be when their fathers or their brothers come to us to complain that we will say to them, be kind to them for our sakes, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war. For it is not as though you have given the women to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of your oath. They had some pretty clever ways of getting around their oath. Really, it was all a matter of semantics because the men of Shiloh would still be giving their daughters to the Benjamites. 
But the Israelites rationalized it by saying that the men of Shiloh were keeping their oath because they didn't know about it. But now these poor families would have to pay the price as 200 of their daughters would be kidnapped. And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number from those who danced, whom they caught. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Can't you just picture this scene at Shiloh? The virgin daughters are doing their traditional cultural dance at the festival when suddenly these beefy Benjamites come out of the bushes, throw their arms around a girl, throw her over their shoulders, while their fathers and brothers are just looking on in horror. Now that's man's plan to cover his oath. We are told once again that there was no king in Israel, but everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That is the keynote of this book of Judges, a depressing book because of the people's severe departure from the Lord. And so the book ends on this sad note. The nation has come to this tragic and sorrowful condition because of disobedience and self-reliance. They desperately needed a redeemer. But it's also the perfect setup for the book of Ruth in which we find a beautiful picture of our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ, who saves us from our sins. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that famine forces a family from Bethlehem to move to Moab. This begins a chain of events that ultimately leads to the birth of David. We hope you'll join us as we begin the Book of Ruth on Simply the Bible. <laughs>